NFL training camps are opening up, Major League Baseball is back, and the NBA and NHL are on the way, and The Athletic is offering big savings to help you enjoy the action. You can get 40% off an annual subscription, get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and story telling that sets the athletic apart and if you go to the athletic.com slash the can't wait podcast you can save 40 percent off an annual subscription sports are back and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams so go to the athletic.com slash the can't wait podcast for 40 percent off an annual subscription we hope to see you there shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Hey everybody, back with you for another early morning, August 3rd podcast here. It is the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris doing the producing. And Marissa Morris has to update the uh, open to the show here pretty soon because Jamal Adams Still living as a jet in our open, but we'll get that figured out um, soon enough and and get that updated. Probably keep CJ Mosley out of there as well. Lot to get to. CJ Mosley won't be a part of this Jets team in 2020. He opts out. We'll talk about that. Brian Winters has been released. We'll talk about that too. You see us if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening to us on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, and uh, give us a rating, give us a review, and uh, you know five stars. We like that; it helps things out. So Connor is sipping on that. I, I think the super coffee as well. Again, we don't man. have an official sponsor for this episode. We're working Connor, on it. So, uh, so the unofficial super super coffee today. Well, it's not, it's not for lack of trying. I know that. I mean, I, I've been texting you guys my uh, my my videos and my uh, my my go tos to try to to try to show that I should be a brand ambassador for these guys because. I'm telling you, man, I love them. I love them. You know, when 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 I'm the one thing I hate about coffee is a lot of times when you get the um the the iced coffee things from different places, they're very regularly like loaded in sugar or they're like 300 calories because there's so much sugar and like gunk in there that, that in order for them to taste good, they have to just make them incredibly unhealthy. Like I remember when I was a kid, I used to work at Wawa and they had like their iced coffee there. And like for a 12 ounce of it, it would be like 400 calories or something like that. It's terrible. What I love about this thing, man, is that it's it's only 80 calories. There's no added sugar. Uh, they were actually a Shark Tank company too. That's when like I remember randomly seeing them on Shark Tank with my fiance and I when we were watching it and uh, being like, holy crap, isn't that what we buy from Costco? Like, is that it? And it was like two dudes literally like created it in their dorm room in college it's kind of crazy but the other like super cool part about it is obviously like i said there's there's no sugar it's only 80 calories there's a lot of caffeine in it like it's a normal cup of coffee but it's also they added some protein to it so i mean normally when you drink coffee there's no such thing as protein in that a lot of times when you drink any drinks there's no such thing as protein in it this thing's got 10 grams of protein so it's one of those i like it for like a very quick early if i gotta wake up and immediately leave or wake up and immediately do a podcast and I'm not really going to have time to make myself a full breakfast. 
I'll do one of these, and then in a couple hours is when I'll kind of have like a lunch breakfast, if you will. But, but no, I'm I'm all about this, man. Super coffee. I'm all about it. So you guys keep getting my videos. I know we'll, we'll I got to make a, a PG one because the one I sent you probably isn't uh, work uh, work appropriate with with the uh, the the language used in it. So we're gonna have to make a, make a PG one that we can run on the show. But I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on yeah. it, man. Yeah, the one you did send was very funny though. We give you credit. We just can't can't quite run it on this. Yeah, but uh, so his so camera living, was in the refrigerator just as a teaser. Yeah. So living <laughs> in um, living in the city, I haven't really been to a regular grocery store right forever because we either get yeah. our groceries delivered with Fresh Direct or whatever, or we go to Whole Foods sometimes. They don't sell super coffee at Whole Foods, by the way. But um, I got to a, out of the city this week. So I got to a regular everyday grocery store and I'm walking around and there is this enormous display for super coffee. I took a picture. Is of it really? It guys. But yeah, enormous display. Yes, like so they're, they're taking I'm over. I'm all about this. Man. So, all right. I'm all about it. It's good. Like I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's all about it. Like we get it from, uh, I buy it in bulk at Costco just cause there's one right around the corner from our apartment. And the other one that I think I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it at Wegmans. I'm pretty sure it, which by the way, if anyone hasn't gone to Wegmans yet, Wegmans is the shit, man. Yeah. Like Wegmans is awesome. Like we, I used to be like a shoprite dude growing up and in college and stuff like that. Bree and I, my my fiance's name is Bree. Bree and I just started going to Wegmans. I am telling you, it's the best. Wegmans store. is the freaking best. Like that place. Like, and I'm not even talking about like deal. Like, a you can get alcohol there, which is automatically like cuts down a trip. They have like a great wine selection, which is awesome. I'm pretty sure they have super coffee there, but I think we just buy it in bulk so we don't buy like the less packages of it. But I'm telling you, like the Wegman brand stuff is the best. Like Wegman's brand anything, their fruits better than ShopRite. Like Wegman's is it. Like that's the other thing we're getting sponsored here. We're gonna be sponsored by Super Coffee and go. Wegman's. I'm well, I went you. to you guys are getting Wegman's commercials now soon for me. I yeah, love the, Wegman's. So Wegman's the, is great. The Wegman's in Syracuse is one of the first ones, I think, in the country. And it was there really? when I was in college twenty you know, long time ago. And uh it's it was fantastic. Now, obviously, now they've probably taken a hit as far as having food open and the buffets and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, great store. Great store. All right. We should talk about the Jets, though, a little bit on this podcast. <laughs> Next podcast, we're just talking about golf, Wegmans, Super yeah, Coffee. promoting sponsors that actually aren't paying us. Is, is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, we're tweeting this one out. This is going to be the that's going to be the, the, the screen grab that Marissa is going to tweet out for this podcast. Connor smiling with the can. All right. So CJ Mosley um, has joined a growing number of players across the NFL. That's really uh, kind of taken off here. Players opting out for the 2020 season. And it's interesting for Mosley, obviously, because, you know, he signs the big free agent contract with the Jets. He only plays two games last year in his first year of that contract. Now he won't play it all in 2020. Um, now it, it doesn't eliminate that year. It instead pushes it back just so people aren't fully understanding Instead of his contract running out after 2023, now it's actually going to go through 2024. Of course, by then now, C.J. Mosley will be one year older than he would have been at the end of that contract. So it's interesting as far as the salary goes. Um, the Jets save a little bit there. But as far as the defense goes, they're certainly not saving anything, Connor. We talked last week about Greg Williams having to get interesting with Jamal Adams not being on this defense. Now he's missing his strong safety and his middle linebacker, um, pressure is now on even more for this defense to it, somehow do something yeah it's not even just missing the the strong safety in the middle linebacker it's it's quite literally missing his two best defensive players man i don't think that that's uh i don't think that that's a question at all is is that these two guys were the jets two best players and and i think it it, it isn't 
unknown that this was a surprise that, that the the decision for Mosley to opt out did come as a surprise for the Jets because for a large portion of this offseason they've been talking about how they are excited for Mosley to finally be back Greg Williams was like straight giddy at, at the fact that he was going to get his defensive leader back and and you know I know that um Mike McCagnan was the one that handed out the contract to CJ Mosley and odds are if Joe Douglas was this team's general manager, maybe he doesn't give, uh, obviously the way that we've seen him do business. He definitely probably wouldn't have given Mosley the salary that he did or that McCagnan did, but Adam Gase legitimately wanted CJ Mosley here. This is, this was a guy that the jets viewed as an a plus tier one free agent. And there are very rarely a plus tier one free agents out there on the free agent market. So most of the guys are, are tier two guys that have red flags. You know, like think about Landon Collins, a guy who got paid an all pro pro bowl player, but he can't really cover, you know, CJ Mosley was a guy the jets believed could do it all. And were stunned that the Ravens hadn't locked him up yet. So that's why they went out and did what they could to sign him and bring him in here. And they were excited for him. They were ready for him both for what he was going to do on the field as a player, and you could see a little bit what he did. I mean, he's a four-time Pro Bowler, four-time second-team All-Pro for a reason. They were excited for what he was going to be able to do uh, defensively on the field, but also his his who he is, his personality, his persona. They believed that he was going to be another voice in that locker room to help be a leader, a guy who, you know, Jamal Adams was a vocal team leader, yada, yada, but C.J. Mosley was a guy who's been there, done that, been to the playoffs, been to the Pro Bowls, been to the All-Pros. He was a guy that they were like, he's going to set an example, and if you go and you flip on the tape from that, and we've said it before, you go and you flip on a tape against the uh, the Bills opener last year, and you see what so- C.J. Mosley did those first three quarters, both as a player but then a leader. Watch the All-22 uh, that you can watch on, on NFL Game Pass, and I think they still they had it free for a while do, uh, during Corona, and I think they still have it free. Uh, go and watch what he was doing like pre-snap. Watch how he was lining everyone up and positioning them here and positioning them there and moving them here and moving them there and doing this and doing that. Watch what he was doing to get his team ready. That's what the Jets valued so much in C.J. Mosley. That's why they gave him $85 million. That's why they wanted him here. And that's what they were so, so excited to have back in the building again. So to lose him is a blow. And to lose him, I think, was surprising. It certainly took some players back. It certainly took some coaches back. I think it took some members of the front office back. And to have him sit out, you don't fault him. Obviously, you can't fault any player who opts out of this season. But it's a it's a big it's a big blow it's a big blow for the Jets. I know they're going to get a ton of cap relief, and, and we'll talk a little bit about what the salary cap looks like moving forward here. And I'm sure we're going to talk about how they're going to replace them. But it, it's a it's a blow to the defense. It is absolutely a blow to the defense because, like Jamal Adams, you can find ways to replace him, and you can find some ways to mask that hole. But you're not going to find another player that can do what Jamal Adams did, and you're not going to find another player that can do what C.J. Mosley did. Those guys are two of the best at their position for a reason. Now, I know you figured Avery Williamson would be back with this team, but there was some talk out there that he was a possible guy that they could cut to save some money. That, I would imagine, is off the table right now because Avery, right, because Avery Williamson now becomes such a huge part of this defense without C.J. Mosley there. Yeah, and he's a good player. Like, Avery Williamson, right. I mean, he's not – look, he's not um, – Sorry, moving down here. I have my stats up for uh, for Avery Williamson. He's not a guy that is um, a a all pro player. I don't think he's really a Pro Bowl player, but he's a pretty good guy. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He's a good starter. He's certainly a starter in the NFL. He's very athletic, uh, fast, strong, better against the run than the pass. 
But still, last year, I think, what was it? He had 100 or two years ago when he played his first, his last full season with the Jets, uh, 2018, at, when he was playing next to Darren Lee and kind of coming over from Tennessee. 121 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception, and a pro football focus grade of 72.8. That's an above-average starter in the NFL. That's a good starter in the NFL, and that Jets defense was not very good. So he was somebody that, that the Jets wanted for a reason. He was somebody the Jets coveted for a reason. They were probably going to let him go just because they didn't want to pay him. You know, it's it's that's the story in the NFL. If they didn't want to pay, if they believed they could get similar production from Neville Hewitt, James Burgess, Blake Cashman, and Patrick Awusnar, who I swear to God, I need to meet Patrick in person to ask him how the hell he says his last name because this is driving me nuts. And this whole COVID thing is like we haven't been able to talk to a player because a player like Patrick is the first thing I do, walk up to him in the locker room and like, hey, man, like, got to walk me through how to say your last name. Like, how do you say it? Because even sometimes, the like, how the public pronounces their names is not how you're supposed to pronounce their names. It drives me nuts. That's here, neither here nor there. Uh, but they had enough where they could have been like, all right, we don't have to pay him $6 million. We can get the same production. We can cut him. Now he's going to slide in, assuming he's healthy once he's off that pup list and the knee's recovered. Look, he didn't ex- his knee didn't explode. It's an ACL injury, so he should be able to recover from that. Also, an ACL injury last August, so he's a full year uh, back, back from this. He should be ready to go, at least by the opener, probably in a couple weeks here. And, and probably when the pads come on and real practices start, you'll see Avery Williamson come off that pup list. But you're going to have Avery Williamson start at one linebacking position, so you're going to have him at, at, at the mic position. And then it will, I think you'll see a, a rotation start to go through. I think you'll see Neville Hewitt uh, compete for us for a position there. I think you'll see D- James Burgess compete for a position there. Those are the two guys that, that filled in admirably, I think, for, for both uh, C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson when those two guys went down last year. I'm looking at the stats here with Hewitt. 75 tackles, three sacks, two interceptions. Burgess, 80 tackles, half a sack, a forced fumble. Hewitt's a better player than Burgess is. Burgess is more of like that high effort guy, but still pretty good i mean you're, you're getting some pretty good uh players there with with both of those guys two guys that definitely can can play the game of football and 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 go out there and play blake cashman the guy that jets drafted in the fifth round last year impressed in training camp really really good athlete not a not so much of a bulldozer a guy's going to go in there between the tackles blow up blockers but he's a really good athlete and a really good athlete and a really good coverage linebacker he's going to have a role now once he's recovered from that shoulder injury he did not start this season on the pup list which i think is a good sign that he's gonna be rocking and rolling and ready to go here in training camp and then obviously you have patrick who the jets were able to go out there and sign from from baltimore i mean he's somebody that uh, is a starting caliber linebacker. He's someone who started next to C.J. Mosley before, and he's somebody who I think the Jets were able to get here on a team-friendly deal, somebody Joe Douglas knows, and maybe are able to get him rocking and rolling a little bit and, and get him ready to go uh, as a starter here. So I think that, that, like you said, Avery Williamson, his value to this team is certainly going to increase. Avery Williamson is probably going to slide in there as that starting Mike linebacker, and then you're going to have a rotation next to him that's probably going to be figured out throughout camp or the Jets will just go into the regular season with a rotation as far as who's going to be out there, whether it's Hewitt, Burgess, or, or Cashman, or, or Patrick, or whoever they want to throw out there in, in this mix. C.J. Mosley opting out is part of a bigger story here in the NFL as more and more players are opting out. You wonder if what's happening in Major League Baseball is having an impact on, on the NFL, too, as players see what's going on in that non-contact sport and then kind of look ahead and imagine what the NFL season's going to be like if people aren't super careful because, obviously, we know – how uh, how dangerous this can be and how quickly it can spread. So the NFL is discussing nothing official, but moving the opt out deadline up possibly to Wednesday, and that has been uh, hit with some <laughs> with uh, the players not too happy about it. So the Patriots lead the way, eight players right now 
opting out of the New England Patriots. Um, and Pat's captain, Devin McCourty, actually came out on Sunday and had these words to say for the NFL. I think this is an absolute joke that the NFL is changing the opt-out period, mainly because they don't want to continue to see guys opt out. I'm sure they're shocked about how many guys have opted out. McCourty said it in a video conference. He ended with, I think it's terrible. I think it's BS that the league has changed the date. I think McCourty has a good point, Connor. I mean, you set this, and they haven't changed the date yet. I should add that. They, they're yeah. thinking of changing the date. I think he makes a good point. I mean, the whole point of having the date where it was is to give players a chance to get an idea of what's going on, to find out if they feel safe, and to suddenly move it up when you've seen so many opt-outs, to me, makes the league seem like it really doesn't care about the health of these players as much as it likes to say it does. I see it both ways. So okay. I see it from the that that perspective, like you just mentioned. I also see it from the team-building perspective, which is like, if you're going to have guys like C.J. Mosley, uh, guys like Dante Hightower, now, now the vast majority of the Patriots, Patrick Chung, not Dante, those guys opted out last week. Like they gave their team, as soon as the, the, the NFLPA and NFL finalized this thing, the both of those guys were like, I opted out. C.J. Mosley did it kind of later, you know, and, and some of these other players are doing it a little bit later. Eventually, teams and coaches need to start preparing for the 2020 season. And if you're going to have starting players and guys like C.J. Mosley that are going to be significant members of this roster moving forward and they're going to be significant members of this team moving forward, you're going to need to know if they're going to be a part of the 2020 season. So it's almost like the, I get it from the league's point of view because they're like, all right, You've seen what's going on in baseball. You've seen how we're going to start. Players have now been in the team's facilities. You've seen how the testing is going to do. We need to know. Do you want to play or do you not want to play? Because the team's basically, like, for the Jets, imagine if they would have cut C.J. Imagine if they would have cut Avery Williamson last week thinking C.J. Mosley comes back to the building. They check him out. They think he's fine. They're like, all right, C.J. Mosley's good. We got these other four guys. You know, maybe we can cut Brian Winters. We can cut Avery Williamson. We can get that salary cap relief, and then we can use that to maybe go get uh, Logan Ryan or Jadavion Clowney or, or this, or we can now work on an extension with Marcus May, and we can get some things. And then all of a sudden, C.J. Mosley comes in and goes, hey, guys, I'm opting out. I'm, I'm concerned with my family. Now you already cut Avery Williamson, and now you're like, holy shit. You know what I mean? So I get it from the team building where it's like, dudes, we need to know. Like, we need to know because we're now closing in on when we're going to start practicing with pads. We're closing into the part where we're going to now getting, we're going to be getting ready for the regular season. We're not closing. We need to know. So I get it from the NFL's perspective where they can't keep having legitimate players that were going to play significant roles for teams in 2020 back out at the last minute because it completely changes the outlook of how they were going to run. I mean, like, again, the Jets' perspective is probably the best one. Their defense was going to run one way with C.J. Mosley. They let go of Jamal Adams saying, you know what, we're fine. We still got C.J. Mosley as a leader. Now C.J. Mosley's gone for 2020. That threw him for a loop. So I get the NFL coming out here and saying, like, look, we need to prepare for the season. We don't want to force your hand. We know there's – I get it from the players. Like, look, we still want to see some things. We still want to understand. But from a team's perspective, they need to start preparing for the upcoming season, and it needs to be happening now. But, um, you know, that, that I think I get it from I get it from them. And, and for the Jets, again – you wonder if they would have done things a little bit differently if they knew C.J. Mosley was going to be out this season, was going to opt out if he had opted out two weeks ago or something like that, to now where he just opted out. Now it throws him in a mix. Luckily for the Jets, 
they're getting a lot of cap relief from this. And luckily from the Jets, inside linebacker is one of their deeper positions. But what if another player, like a, a top-tier left tackle, opts out of another? You know, what if Mitchell Schwartz from the Chiefs were to decide like tomorrow, like, oh, I'm going to, you know what? Something's going on. I, I want to opt out. The Chiefs just locked their, their, their top offensive lineman two weeks before practices start. Where do they go to replace them? You know what I mean? Like teams need to know because they need to prepare for the season. It is interesting the different sports handling it differently. You think about baseball, and there's still, I mean, there's no deadline. Players can opt out. Yoannis yeah. Cespedes Yoannis, decided yeah. on Sunday yeah. that he was opting yeah. out. He didn't really tell anybody for a while about it, but he decided mm-hmm. that he was opting out, and now he's gone. And now the Mets, who have a DH this year for the first time because of the, the universal DH, suddenly don't have their DH because Cespedes has decided not to play. So the NFL, though, won't be going down that path. There'll be some sort of deadline. We'll see if they actually do end up yeah. moving up a little bit. Um, deadline yeah. or not, the Jets have gone ahead and released Brian Winters. This was yeah. not a surprise that it's happened. I mean, it was probably going to happen at some point. Um, but a guy that, man, you know, he played nine games last season, but a starter all the way back since his rookie year in 2013, but part of an offensive line that was, it was bad in 2019. Um, but Winters, you knew was going to go the way they had reworked this offensive line. Were you surprised that they've already released him, Connor? Uh I was no well, sort of. So I was surprised because I thought that Brian Winters was going to get cut in the offseason. As soon as they signed Greg Van, like when they missed on um uh uh Joe Tooney, when Joe Tooney didn't when Joe Tooney was tagged by the Patriots and then Graham Glasgow signed elsewhere, I and then I was kinda like, Oh, maybe the Jets aren't gonna get a guard here. That's when I was like, Well, you can't cut Brian Winters because you're not gonna cut Brian Winters before you have a replacement for Brian Winters. So when they signed Greg Van Roten, I was kind of like, all right, I think that maybe this is now going to be coming around the bend. Like, okay, now the cut's going to come. When it didn't, the Jets were like, we're going to let him compete for a starting spot. It was like, okay, they're going to go into camping and let him compete for a cutting spot or starting spot. What I think cutting him now does, I don't think this was done financially. I think what the Jets realized is like, look, Brian Winters can come and quote unquote compete for a starting spot. But if Greg Van Roten is healthy, Greg Van Roten is going to be our starting right guard. And and so by cutting Brian Winters right now, I think what this allows him to do is go find a starting job elsewhere. The vast majority of these 40-something players that have opted out from the NFL season, they're high-risk players, which are offensive linemen, defensive linemen, right? So they're, they're players that are, when you're a bigger guy like that, you're more susceptible to certain uh, illnesses, you're going to opt out, you're not going to want to risk it. By letting Brian Winters go right now, the Jets are allowing Brian Winters to go find a job where he knows he's going to start. Because uh, who was the, the – there was an offensive guard, I forget his name now, uh, that opted out. That, I think it was from the Seahawks maybe. That, that the, they Chance had like a starting, Wormack. Yeah, I think – if I'm mistaken, I think he was their starting offensive guard. He opts out of them. The Seahawks now need a starting offensive guard, right? And and the Chiefs also lost a starting offensive lineman because that's why they signed Kelechi Osemele. So by letting go of Brian Winters now – Brian Winters is a better player than Kelechi Semele. Brian Winters is now probably the top offensive guard on the free agent market after Larry Warford opted out. So you're now having a situation where you're saying, all right, Brian, look, you're probably you're going to compete, but you're probably not going to be a starter for us. Now you can go find a place where you're going to start in the 2018 or 2020 season. You're going to find that starting opportunity because it just wasn't going to happen here with the Jets. You know, For Adam Gase's offense to work, he needs certain things. He needs minor things. One of the things that he wants on that offensive line is athleticism. He wants guys that can get out and move, guys that can get out and, and get in space, pull, uh, get out, take on smaller guys, take on bigger guys, get out and run in front of the linemen, get out on screens and block and things like that. That's what he wants. 
he didn't get that in Brian Winters. Brian Winters is a is a bulldozer. He's a strong. He's an in your face. He's a a, a knuckle up kind of like fight you guy. You know, he's he's that he's that like backyard brawler. That's who Brian Winters is. There are offenses that need that kind of lineman, but what Brian Winters is, and he's not overly athletic. The Jets get that overly athletic player in Greg Van Roten. So Van Roten's a better scheme fit in the Jets' offense. He was going to be the starter if he was healthy no matter what. Now it just gives Brian Winters a chance to be like, look, you were basically, we were waiting to see if Greg Van Roten got hurt. That's how you were going to start in 2020. Now you can go out and find yourself a starting job elsewhere. So it was, I don't think the timing was overly surprising just because when you see the the move wasn't surprising because you kind of figured Brian Winters was going to get cut unless Greg Van Roten got hurt because they can save $7.28 million. Uh, the timing was a little surprising, but also not because once you saw the amount of linemen that opted out, cutting him now allows him to go out there and, and sign elsewhere. And real quick, before we move on from the, the Mo- well, we did move on from the Mosley thing, but one last thing on the Mosley uh, decision to opt out. The Jets are getting some salary cap relief. They're going to save uh, $7.5 million on this year's salary cap by him opting out because what happens is his base salary and his prorated signing bonus both toll. So basically the contract that was supposed to be over in 2023 is now over in 2024. So everything gets pushed up a year. What does not get pushed up a year is the roster bonus, the $10 million roster bonus that CJ Mosley already got paid in March. So that $10 million is still on the Jets' salary cap. That's why even by Mosley opting out, he's going to have a $10 million salary cap hit. However, he was supposed to have a $17.5 million salary cap hit. Now it's just $10 million. But where this makes a difference for the Jets big time is in 2021 because now he was supposed to have a $17.5 million salary cap hit in 2021. That will not be the case because now his 2020 base and his 2020 prorated signing bonus, that $6 million base, $1.5 million prorated signing bonus, those toll to 2021. The 2020 roster bonus, the $10 million roster bonus, does not. That stays on 2021 or it's 2020. So in 2020, his salary cap hit is going to be just his base salary, which is $6 million, and prorated signing bonus, which is $7.5 million. That's the only cap hit the Jets are going to have for C.J. Mosley in 2021. So the extra $10 million that was originally going to be there in 2021 is now pushed to 2022. So the Jets basically get $10 million of salary cap space next year. This is very important to say because if the team was supposed, if the worst case scenario happens for the NFL and they have a base team cap floor of $175 million, the Jets are now going to be in not great shape. No team's going to be in great shape with a team cap of $175 million, but the Jets will at least be in better position. So they would be now with CJ Mosley, with CJ Mosley only counting $7.5 million next year. They're going to sit $28 million under the salary cap. That would be seventh most in the NFL. And the Jets can obviously add to that. They will certainly add to that once they cut Quincy Anunwa, which is going to happen after the year. There's $6 million there. They're probably going to cut Henry Anderson after the year. That's $8.2 million there. And then Le'Veon Bell is the other decision they have to make. That's $9.5 million. So by getting this, by C.J. Mosley opting out this year, it sucks for the Jets because obviously they're losing one of their best defensive players. But from a salary cap perspective, it helps them a lot in 2021, which is where the salary cap could be so bleak. Because they're now going to sit with $28 million under the salary cap, 7th most in the NFL, with a chance to add, what is that, 17, 17 plus 6, a little over $22, 23000000 million more to that $28 million. So uh, C.J. Mosley does help him because he was supposed to have a $17.5 million salary cap hit in 2022. Now it's just going to be $7.5 million. Yeah, and they saved a little money on him this year, too, the 7.5. Mm-hmm. So you mix that with the Brian Winters, which is almost the same. And 
It's close to $15 million in savings for this yeah. season. Do they do anything with that money at this point? Is it too Clown late? Question. We've talked about yeah. these free agents that are still out there and, you know, Logan Ryan's of the world. Yeah. Yeah, Logan Ryan, Jadavion Clowney, I think they'll monitor it. I don't know if they'll actually make a run at either of them, but uh, I, I don't – I know, like, Bradley McDougal obviously brought the Jadavion Clowney rumors back into the mix. I mean, the, like, there was, like – the Jets did their due diligence. They made calls on, on Clowney early in free agency, but I've, I've heard some things about his knee not being right. I don't think he's really a Joe Douglas-type player. You know, I don't I don't see him as a Douglas guy. He's, he's a guy who plays when he wants to. He's more of a, a run stuffer than he is a pass rusher, although he does have, obviously, pass rushing ability. But again, like my, the thing with Clowney is that, like, He's a guy who last year was playing on a contract year. He's a guy who in Houston knew that if he played well, he was going to be getting $100, $120 million. Like, he was going to get massive money. And the guy played when he wanted to. And he, like, was lackadaisically. A cavalier attitude was would take plays off. And he did it in college, did it with the Texans, did it to some extent with Seattle. He has injury concerns as well that it's obvious he's not going to be getting $20 million a year. That for the Jets, it's kind of like, well, do you really want to – do you want to bring him in here or you want to just let this thing ride? We'll see. So I, I, I obviously they have the money now to go sign Logan Ryan. They have the money to go sign Clowney. I don't necessarily know if either of those guys is is really in the cards though. You I, mentioned I, I would be surprised if the Jets made a notable big time free agent signing at this yeah. point. You mentioned Greg Van Roten, and we should mention that he's a friend of the podcast. Go back to March, and he actually yeah. joined the Can't Wait podcast. So check that out for a little more information on Van Roten, who's going to be. Uh, sliding into that spot on the offensive line for for Brian Winters for sure. All right, a uh, few minutes to go here. Um, I was checking out videos on Jets.com yesterday just to see video of training camp because it's just so hard to find this stuff, Connor. How's it going for you covering all this stuff? Uh, different. I mean, right now there's nothing really to cover. It's basically like the first couple phases of OTAs, which is where they're just running, lifting, and things like that. So for me, it's it's we're just waiting for the actual practices to begin. We're like that's every media member saying like once the actual ramp up period's over and they return to the field and then they return to the field in pads, that's when it'll get back to kind of normal training camp or, or or what it is. And then as far as us, it, it's I don't know what um tier of media we're all gonna fall into every team's kind of doing the same we should actually find that out the specifics of that i think this week is when we're going to figure out whether it's like uh, the policy has been tweeted out already i think tom pelissero was one of the first people to tweet it out it's where you have like there's tier two media which are like the media that get tested all the time you can technically go into the facility and you can watch practice from a certain point of view but you obviously have no player access at all no one's going to be in the locker room but you can watch a coach at his at the at the audit the podium like you can go to a coach podium the other tier media is you don't get tested, you're not allowed in the facility, you don't get to go to the coach podium, and you obviously no one's in the locker room, and you have to watch practice from a different vantage point. So it's like it's it's different. Like so, but from what I understand, what a lot of teams are doing, like the Eagles, I think have announced this, the Giants have announced this, is that that they're not allowing any coach access in terms of in person. Like every coach is going to be through Zoom. Every player is going to be through Zoom. So the only real difference between Tier 2 and Tier 3 is, like, you can watch practice from a little different angle, and you can go into your work office in the studio like or in the facility. But the difference there is, like, you're only allowed to have essentially four or five Tier 2 media when you can have, like, 40 Tier 3. So at a smaller market stadium, four or five, six media members are fine. Like, there's not four or five, six beat writers. With the Jets, there's, like, 20 of us that cover this team. Like, the, so how are you going to rotate? Like, it's, it's weird and it's different. So... We're still trying to figure out what tier media we're all going to follow into. Is it going to be tier two or tier three? And then obviously uh, we're going to figure out what practices we're going to be on, what practices are going to look like here probably probably by the end of this week. You're tier yeah, one well, in our hearts, Connor. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank uh, you. That's definitely it. something we'll get into on the podcast too. Once you, once you're into it and, and covering it and, and how it's going to change things. Cause it's definitely, yeah. it's not going to be your typical coverage of an NFL season. That's for sure. We, um, we do have to give a shout out here, Tim. I, I logged on to like the, the YouTube page. Cause I know Marissa is actually going a little like the, old school tech directing. Now we figured the, out how to make yes. the camera. Yep. So I, I do have to get, we got the Michael Dunn's a rock and the Michael Dunn's the comment section yes. again. And, yeah. We've and, got, we've got both Michael Dunn's going. And Milton says he is listening while doing spreadsheets. So we hope we're bringing your spreadsheets some joy. Yeah, we won't we snitch go. to his boss either. Yes. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling here. All right, that's going to do it for us. All your Jets coverage here. Of course, The Athletic has so many other podcasts. As we mentioned earlier, you want the latest player from Major League Baseball to opt out for 2020. The Metrospective podcast with Pete McCarthy and Tim Britton. They broke down an emergency episode late Sunday night on Yoannis Cespedes. So check out The Metrospective right here on The Athletic. If you have a friend who needs a subscription to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. You can save 40% off a one-year subscription. Check out Connor on Twitter, Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm at Tim M. McMaster. Marissa doing even more lifting for us today, doing the switcher for the YouTube coverage. Thanks to Marissa, as always. And we will be back with you again soon on the Can't Wait Podcast.